news, the WSB 24-hour breaking news center will break in. Depend on it. Jamie Dupree comes right at you from the Hill in D.C. On the Sean Hannity Show. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C. He's an objective reporter who won't even vote in any national election. Even in 2016, he's going to sit it out because he wants to maintain his objectivity. Is that really you have never voted since you've been a journalist in a in a presidential election? Not not since I got uh, into the business and out of college. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's and it's really because you want us you do not want to form that opinion that you think would bias your reporting. Well, I don't even think that way anymore. I know it's hard for you to believe that, but I remember um, I remember getting sort of nasty this is back when you got letters, letters in the mail and then watching one of my friends on C-SPAN get harangued, a guy who I always thought was very straight and on the up and up, and listened to the people just rip on him about supposedly being biased. And so I just sort of decided, well, rather than try to look somebody in the eye and not tell the truth or not tell them how I voted, it would just be better not to do that. You know, i got to be honest. I've tried to figure you out. Because There's I think nothing you, to figure out. I'm no, a journalist. No, there is something to figure out. I want to know deep down inside what you really think. And, and, you know, I've talked this over with Bortz, and he agrees with me. We both think you lean libertarian. I don't lean anyway. No, that's not true. No, couldn't uh, even tell you. I couldn't even hardly uh, rattle off a bunch of things libertarians like. No, do you? But you, you have a, a cynical side of you that thinks everybody's corrupt. No, I don't think everybody's corrupt. That a lot I of just, people are. No, no, I don't think a lot of people are corrupt in Congress. I don't think that at all. No, absolutely not. Right, you think, think the system is corrupt? Is that a better no, way to I put wouldn't, it? No, I wouldn't call it corrupt. I think it's just the reality of the system from reading a lot of history about it that uh, both parties too easily convince their supporters that it's easy to do things in the Congress and that it's easy to make major changes when, in fact, it is not. I agree and, with that. No, no, I agree with that, but, but there, there is a caveat here. You can get things, big things done. I, look, even Obama, much to my chagrin... Yeah, if the know, stars align for you, and that's the right. thing. If, uh, as, I, as I said recently on this program, you can think of several times when the stars aligned over the last hundred years. One, uh, when the Democrats had over 60 and they pushed through the Obama health law. Two, the, after the, the death of JFK, LBJ had major majorities in both the House and Senate. They were able to do the Great Society programs and civil rights and more, and then go back to the New Deal. Those are the, the three last times where you had the stars really align. And, um, you know, the Republicans really, since before Hoover, have not had major majorities in the House and Senate and have been unable to pair them with, uh, with the president. But, but look at how Obama pushed through health care by using the reconciliation process yeah it was and, pretty and, smart in the end and, well smart or you know our, others would argue that no other major piece of legislation like that had been passed that way welfare before. reform well but then you have the situation where republicans ought to be able to then repeal it the same way well they, they can certainly bring it up i i mean it can it, it would be vetoed they haven't brought it up because it, it could be vetoed, a lot of, but they cannot fund it they could they could do that they could i just think that there's a lot of people on the hill who feel like if you go down that road you open up a box of worms on everything uh, yeah. Do, that it, would that would cause your own because someday you'll be in charge and someday the Republicans will well, be. Well, but running that didn't seem to matter because when they when they changed the rules, the Democrats, uh, as it relates to what do you call it, the um, nominations? The, yeah, on on the issue of nominations, uh, what do they call it, the nuclear option? They, yes, they went there, and Republicans get in power, and they say they're not going to go there. Now, I'll give you another example. Mitch McConnell told a local Kentucky reporter that he is not going to push the issue of defunding Planned Parenthood because the president said he's not going to sign a bill. Now, I argue 
that this reminds me very much of the unconstitutional, illegal immigration law that they said that they would stop and they wouldn't let anything allow that to go through. And then they ended up funding it. And my contention is, yeah, it's hard to do some big things, but Republicans are timid in using their constitutional power. Um, I, I just disagree with you. I, I just think that, you know, you can you can have differences, but the fact that you only control the House and the Senate, it doesn't mean you get to do what you want to do. There's, you you don't, but you don't disagree with me that the power of the purse constitutionally lies with Congress. That's Yes, and, the, and but I don't even think they could pass a bill out of the Congress and get to the president to, uh, to uh, defund Planned Parenthood. Because the Republicans don't stand united and together as often, I would argue, as the Democrats do. But they can't even get 60 votes for it. There's no way. Well, that's 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 part of their problem. And I'm and at the end of the day, if they would have stood firm with Ted Cruz, yeah, the government would have shut down. But at some point, they got to come together at some point. But they're unwilling to feel the discomfort of that government shutdown. They have this inordinate paranoia that they're going to get blamed for it and it'll hurt them politically. And I think they're too risk averse. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's the argument. That's been the argument since I was reading through uh, uh, Robert Novak's book, The Agony of the GOP, about the 1964 election. And uh, it was it was pretty much what I'm living through today as a reporter. It's the same kind of thing where there's one wing of the party that feels like the the establishment isn't doing enough. I guess I would just argue from watching this place for a long time that you uh, you rack up very small victories and move the ball almost by inches and that the the real big ones just rarely happen. But, you know, there's a lot of people that don't agree with that. Some good news for Carly Fiorina. We just had her on, and uh, she is going to get in the debate after she went very public in a a media war, social media war, that uh, seemed to put pressure on CNN to give in and change their rules a bit. No, don't you think? It seemed to me like CNN was a feeling that they were going to take a lot of flack, and I think they would have if they had not put her in the top ten. On the other hand, we're now in the, you know, we're going to have 11 on the stage, which is even more unwieldy than the 10 we had in the first debate. Uh, I mean, I think the most anybody spoke in that first debate was Trump, and he had 10 minutes, and everybody else was less than that. So I would assume everybody's numbers will go down. But it is a big thing for her, absolutely. And then it, uh, because Jim Gilmore was not invited, there's only going to be four people at that pre-debate debate. And I would, uh, I would actually wonder, because one of the rules, I put this up on Twitter just or this afternoon, one of the rules for the CNN debate is that you have to have one paid staffer in at least two of the early four states. And I, I'm not sure that Rick Perry qualifies for that right now uh, with stories out there about whether or not he has paid staff in several of those states. But mm-hmm. it, it, he and Rick Santorum and Bobby Jindal and Lindsey Graham look like they'll be in the pre-debate debate. That's two weeks from today at the Reagan Library out in California. I really, you know, I it's amazing to me because I think Rick Perry's record is so compelling. I am He's one of the big surprises to me that he didn't break out bigger. Um, We have a lot of other issues out there. Now, this to me is one of the most dangerous moments in world history, and I am not overstating the case. In my view, this is far worse than the Munich pack. I think the president's deal with Iran that gives them $150 billion, allows them to spin their centrifuges, allows them to continue to build intercontinental ballistic missiles, allows them to build more conventional weapons, allows them to partner with the Russians to build a missile defense system, allows them during negotiations to say that the destruction of Israel is non-negotiable. Now Democrats have the 34 votes in the Senate. 
that will sustain any Obama veto of the resolution to disapprove of the Iranian nuclear deal. Yeah, they got that 34th today from Barbara Mikulski, the veteran Democrat from Maryland, who's not going to run for re-election. She announced today, uh, even before Ben Cardin, the other member uh, from uh, the other senator from Maryland who's on the foreign uh, relations committee, who has not made his opinion known as yet, that gives them 34. I think they were going to have it anyway. They're, they've been parceling out these announcements sort of one by one over the last couple of weeks. In the House of Representatives, I'm pretty sure they're going to have over 140 there. So it's the same kind of thing. They, they would be able to uphold an Obama veto there as well. Nancy Pelosi has just told her uh, House Democrats in the last few minutes that she expects the debate to begin in the House a week from today, September the 9th, Wednesday, and be done by the end of next week. The Senate debate is going to start on Tuesday. We're still not sure of the tick-tock on when exactly we'll get a vote. I, I do think that Democrats are still pushing hard to get the 10 undecided Democrats off the fence and to keep them in the Obama corner on this Iran deal to see if they can filibuster this resolution of disapproval from Republicans and not even allow it to go down to the president for him to veto. All right. We also see that O'Malley's campaign is organizing a protest against the DNC and their debate rules outside of party headquarters on September the 16th, the day of the next GOP debate that's pretty interesting yeah i think o'malley look o'malley he's look he hasn't had much traction but uh he and bernie sanders and i think some others within the party simply feel like the the six debates that they have set out and the schedule they have set out for the democrats really sort of helps hillary clinton it doesn't put her in too much trouble or anything like that and we've even heard some rumblings out of big labor that they'd like to have more debates i still wonder it, it'll depend on the polls sean if if hillary clinton can stay ahead then it's a whole different situation. But if that race uh, tightens up a great deal, it wouldn't shock me one bit to see more debates added to there. We'll just have to see whether O'Malley can get anybody to listen to him, since most of the party hierarchy, I'm sure, is more aligned with Hillary Clinton than anyone else. What about the House Judiciary Committee holding the first hearing on Planned Parenthood videos? You know, what's the point if, if it, Mitch McConnell is telling a reporter that's going to happen with, with another president? Well, listen, I think I think what's going to happen on the CR, uh, which is the stopgap budget that they're going to have to pass at some point in September, I would fully expect that the House will put a provision in there that would uh, defund Planned Parenthood. Whether they can approve it on the floor of the House, that's a whole different issue. But if they were to get it through there and send it on to the Senate, I still think that the Democrats would filibuster and they wouldn't even be able to get it down to the president. Next Wednesday, they're going to have the first hearing in the Judiciary Committee in the House on these videos, bring in a panel of experts. I don't think they said who, exactly who the experts would be, but I would look for a number of hearings in both the House and Senate. I think Republicans know that even if they cannot win the short-term fight on funding, and frankly, they're not winning it in public opinion right now, according to the polls. I mean, there's a Fox News poll the other day that showed a majority of Americans, a clear majority, who were, were not in favor of stopping money for Planned Parenthood. And I, I still think they're going to go ahead with hearings and because they, they believe earnestly that uh, these videos will give them an edge and be able to make the argument. But I, I haven't seen Democrats sort of uh, buckling at the knees on this one. There, there's, there's not been a groundswell occurring in August on this issue. We'll see whether or not that changes. That, to me, is so sad, considering how gruesome and grotesque those are. But there's a uh, new Washington Post-ABC News poll that underscores what we've been talking about a lot this summer, which is bad news for Hillary. It's now 53% of Americans have an unfavorable impression of her. Now, that's up eight points in a month. That's the highest number since April of 2008. 
Also, the dislike is intense. 39% view her as strongly unfavorable. And compared to only 21% who view her as strongly favorable, uh, she is underwater with underwater with core elements of the Democratic base, viewed more negatively than positively by both women and 18 to 39-year-olds. I mean, this is a weakness that is almost unprecedented. Well, she's a negative 7 in the ABC News Washington Post poll. Uh, yeah. Jeb Bush is a minus 17, yeah. even though he's up 8 points, and Trump is a minus 22. So actually, amongst the three of them, she's actually doing better than both of those Republicans. And the Trump-Bush fight is getting more and more but, acidic. But the, the like factor for Trump is so much higher. Um, not in, I mean, the number I'm looking at is Trump is seen favorably by 37%. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I misread this. It, it's my fault. I, I, I misread this. Uh, I, I thought that it was a flipped around. You're right. Trump's, uh, Trump's numbers are better than Hillary Clinton's numbers. You're absolutely correct on that. Sorry about that. It's Bush's numbers who are, uh, who are worse than Clinton. You know, Jamie, I kind of like it when you make an occasional mistake. It shows you're human. And, you know, you, uh, you won't tell us who you're voting for. I can't believe you're going to sit out the 2016 election. That's right. Because you love this stuff. You no, but I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't get excited by um, by who it is. I love covering it. It's like covering a football game. It's like being a beat writer and, and and covering the Super Bowl. This is great stuff. You and I are so different, and yet we're. It's fine. Well, thank you for sharing that. It's fine. I'm glad you <laughs> accept that. It's fine that we're different. But I I can't read a story without me thinking about seeing it through a a a principled prism by which I live that guides Listen. me. And you, I, I, you do it just the opposite. That's intriguing well, I, I to me. I pulled out this book that I read about William Taft uh, yeah. while I was gone a couple weeks ago, and there was a line by, in there. By the way, I, but ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, how many of you on your vacation in the summer with your kids pull out the book on, on William Taft? But go ahead. Tell us. Page 173. It said the two ends of Pennsylvania Avenue, because uh, government was split at this time, yeah. the two ends of Pennsylvania Avenue offset each other. They could not achieve anything significant on their own. And I just sort of noted that because, they, you know, that's sort of where we are now. And both sides can talk a lot about All what right. they want to do. Now I'm going really to give you a quiz. Do you know where the term lobbyist comes from? Oh, uh, yeah. That was the wasn't it the guys who waited for uh, uh, waited down in the Willard Hotel in the lobby uh, to have an audience with. I want to say it was President Lincoln, but it must have been others. I think it was. Uh, I think it was. Was it Wilson? I don't remember. Regardless, they waited down in, in the in the lobby of the hotel, the Willard Hotel, I think, was the that's one that absolutely, I read about. You're absolutely correct. That is, yeah, and so that's why they were called lobbies. My father was one for a, a good uh, 30 years or so. Uh, Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in Washington. See you, uh, Sean. You're going to miss me for the next couple of days. I'm taking I will, but I'll we'll by the be way, revved you up had and a week, ready to go you next week. You had a week vacation. I have not taken a week vacation. I took a couple of Fridays, so I'm taking three days here. That's it. Sounds good, buddy. We'll see you know You know who's filling in for me tomorrow? Who? Sure. Sheriff David Clark. Uh, how about that? Is, is Jamie on with Sheriff Clark? No, no I'm not. He didn't I'm taking the day off, too. Gee whiz. You just had a week vacation. Go ahead, take more days off. See if I care. I think I need to Sean. be a reporter. All right, 800-941-SEAN. No, if I really want vacation, I need to be a politician. Hey, listen, it's a real threat. you got to protect your identity. Identity theft is real. It is a new world we live in. It's scary when it happens, and I, new identity theft happens every two seconds. Even giving out your Social Security number increases your risk. Putting out any personal information increases risk. And even if you do things like online shopping, there are data breaches, even if you go to the doctor. Now, I have LifeLock, and I trust them. Now, they go beyond maybe a free service that you might have that simply just monitors your credit. Now, they detect threats and will also resolve issues of getting your identity back 
if, God forbid, it's ever compromised. Now, LifeLock has proprietary technology. They detect threats early and a dedicated restoration staff to restore your good name and credit if, God forbid, something happens. Now, you only have one identity. Protect it. Get the best. It's LifeLock. You need it in this day and age. Go to LifeLock.com. Experience the peace of mind only LifeLock can give you. Use the For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.